Good morning. It is so good to be with all of you this morning in the house of the Lord. Amen. And can I get an amen from the den too? Those of you that are tuning in from home, we're so glad you're joining with us. And uh, for any of you that may be joining for the first time today, I just want to give a shout out to you and say welcome. Welcome. We're glad that you're here and I pray that you will be enriched by your time here at The Way where we're committed to what? Sharing in hope, living with purpose for the sake of others. Amen. Amen. Now, I missed y'all's smiling faces last week. I know y'all may have not missed mine, but I did miss y'all's. I had the amazing blessing of getting away with my family and an extended family to the Rogers craziness called a Rogers reunion uh, up at Lake Burton where my parents had moved. And here's a picture of that craziness, if we can get it up there. Um, That's my mom and dad. I have two younger brothers, believe it or not, and uh, there are seven grandkids and uh, so there was 15 of us and three dogs Uh, four dogs were in doggy daycare or else it would have been seven dogs and 15 people all in one house and let me tell you um what's what what happens at rogers union stays at rogers union right claire can i get an amen it's it's an awesome motley crew and and uh, i just as the years go by i realize how blessed i am by my parents and how blessed i am by our family that pursues after and fights after staying together and staying connected and i'm very grateful for them and if you look at the bottom right of that picture you'll notice uh alexis uh chris and i's oldest and uh, i remember when she was the size of amelia here but she's 17 she's a senior in high school she's about to go off to college she texted us this past week said i'm ready to hit submit on college applications i'm just waiting for the payment you know, we're still the ATM in the house, I guess. <laughs> but I'm not ready to hit the submit. I'm not ready to, to see her go. And um, But, uh, man, sh- uh, what a beautiful life uh, she is and blessing she is. And, um, you know, she went to um, homecoming last night and um, just all the traditions that come with senior year. And and one of the traditions I want to share with you is is the decorating cars that seniors do. And, and um Claire, she's called it what? What does she call her car? Yolanda the Honda, right? That, that's her affectionately called her car. And, and she, she, and Zonda is a purple little stick figure along with several other things she has on the uh, dash. Like, you, you don't want to drive her car. She's got a chicken with a hula skirt on that dances. It's like a bobble doll that's on the dash. It's, it's fun driving that down the car. You know, as a dad driving that car down the road, it looks nice. But, but anyway, one of the, her windows for her senior uh, decorating was respect your elders. And that relates to the word that we're going to get to today. As we've been in this series, the Respect Your Elders, we're talking about parents. But, but let me, i, I got to give you a funny. She, she was here on campus uh, not too long ago for the market in downtown Woodstock. And, and all these adults are going by and say, is that your daughter's car? I was like, yeah. They're like, that's so awesome. Respect your elders? Like, she wants to respect your elders? I said, she's talking about herself. She's talking about seniors. And they're like, ah, you know. I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh. So anyway, it was really funny to start seeing the connections. The lights go off. Oh, she's talking about her senior year in high school. <laughs> but I digress. But but we're in this series, and it's a series that uh, many of you are in small groups. And if you haven't started yet, you're welcome to join. Uh, a number of groups have joined in with this sermon series and, uh, and kind of talkback sessions uh, throughout the week. And, and the book that we're using is by Sean Gladding and and, and it, it's a companion to Ten Commandments. And he wrote this, Ten words of life for an addicted, compulsive, cynical, divided, and worn-out culture. 
That's about it, isn't it? And that's what we've been reflecting on. And we've been talking about the 10 words of life. And so here we are at the sixth word. And it's a word uh, about respecting our elders, um, of giving honor to our parents. And as I've been praying about today and our time together, and as I've been reflecting, what I realize and what you perhaps are know or maybe even feeling this moment is that maybe some of us here, in fact, I know some of us here, didn't have the same upbringing that I did. Some of you have come from troubled homes, troubled pasts. Some of you are dealing with strain and strife in your relationships at home right now. And if that's you, I want you to know God sees you. God hears you. Stay with me. Stay with us today. Because I think God has a word for all of us as it relates to the sixth word, the fifth commandment about honoring our parents. And so join with me now. We're going to read that word from the the book of Exodus, and as y'all may know, the, um, it's captured. The Ten Commandments are not just in Exodus, but they're in Deuteronomy, too. We're going to reflect on the wording in Deuteronomy a little bit later. But, but listen to this. The, the, the 12th verse, chapter 20 of Exodus, we find the fifth commandment, our sixth word in this series. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me now? Almighty God, I just, I thank you. Thank you for the song this morning, the Wesley Covenant song. It just, thank you for how it moves in our spirit and our soul for you to burn in us. God, I pray that you would set a fire in us today. God, that you would meet us where we are Um because this word is a challenging word for all of us. And there is a lot on hearts and minds this morning, here as well as those that are listening in or maybe watching from home. And so, God, I ask that you would burn away the distractions. God, I pray that you would burn away the anxiety and the troubledness that we might be feeling in this moment so that we might hear anew from you. Because, God, we need to hear from you. And so, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move freely and fully in us and amongst us gathered in this moment, at this hour, on this day. And so may the meditations of our hearts and minds and the words that you place on my lips be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. And the church said, Amen. Amen. So before we dive in, I want to zoom out for a minute, because if you remember, we started this series not with the first commandment, but with the 10th commandment. It's like we've hit the rewind button. And in an on-demand world, it's really easy to do, right? And start working backwards. But listen to these words that we've been listening to. We've been listening to coveting and lying and stealing and adultery and murder. And, and all of these are related to the relationships we have with other people, our neighbors. But not just those that are proximity physically close to us. But this isn't just a local thing. But as we've been looking at, this is a global thing. And, and I hope that you've kind of taken a heart kind of the way that we opened this series that, you know, at first glance, you could say, well, God's just a cosmic killjoy in giving us these rules, but he's really not because he's after the heart of a community. He's after the heart of what the opposite of these guidelines can offer us. Listen to what we've been looking to, a, a community where we aspire for gratitude over envy, 
Truth-telling over lying, generosity over theft, fidelity over betrayal, peace over violence. Tell me any of you here that would not like to live in a world and in a community in a neighborhood like that. Can I get an amen? That's what we strive for. That's what God desires for us because God's not so much concerned about these rules. He's concerned about our relationships. And therein lies where we are with this, the sixth word, because this word is a hinge word. This word is the, the pivot we find as we start the next several weeks. We're going to start getting into the primary relationship, our relationship with God. But this is the sixth and the final word of a relationship with others. And, and it perhaps in many ways hits home more than the others because quite literally it's about the home. It's about the relationships in the home. It's about the relationships between a parent and a child. And so let's be clear at the very beginning of this that this involves all of us. All of us. Because no matter what age we are, we are all a child of someone. We are all kids. I, I'm a child at heart. Can I get an amen to that? Y'all know that. I act like I'm 14 sometimes. I'm 44, but I'm acting like a, well, I'm 45. Gosh, I digress. But here's the thing, and, and it's on the screen. Being a child does not put us in an age category, but a relational category. Let me say that again. Being a child does not put us in an age category, but a relational category. And so this applies to all of us, each and every one of us here. And so let me read this sixth word again. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And this sixth word is echoed in Deuteronomy, and it's picked up again by Paul as he writes to the church in Ephesus. And I want to read what he wrote. He says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. These passages, what we find in Exodus, what we find echoed in Deuteronomy and then picked up and expounded part in the New Testament are just three of a string, a whole host of passages. And if we look at the whole of God's redemptive story, he puts a high value, and he puts a high value on the call to honor our parents. But what does it mean to honor one's parents? What does it mean to respect your elders, if you will? Well, let me get into the word itself. The Hebrew word for honor is kabod, and it means to make heavy, weighty, high regard. In other words, to to treat parents as people of great weight. And the truth be told, parenting is a very weighty thing. Can I get an amen from the parents in the room, grandparents, surrogate parents in the room? I I realized this some 17 years ago when I realized that I was having to start changing diapers. Can I get an amen, Zach and Joanne? Right? Yeah. It's a weighty thing. It's a daunting thing. And not just the diaper changing. But to realize that your words, your actions, how you treat, how you love or withhold love from your children will not only form them, but also deform them in the life that they live. And not only theirs, but perhaps the generations that come after them. Let me tell you, parenting ain't an easy thing. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's it's not an easy thing. And, And I hope that I have not warped my kids too much. Claire, just keep your mouth shut if you have, right? So, but needless to say, you know, the, 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 here's the thing, though. 
God puts a, a premium on parents in this way, is that the parents are the primary responsible party to raise children up in the faith, to, to raise them up to come to know God and to walk with God and to walk in his ways and to carry out the mission that God has in your life and in our life and in our collective life. It is a tall task to be a parent. Now my, my kids are teenagers now, and, and, and they, um, they've gotten to the point where they can smart back. They, they can rib me pretty good. And, and truth be told, I'm, I'm probably deserving of that a time or two, uh, probably more often than not. And um, I'll mumble under my breath sometimes, no what? No respect, no respect, and 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 when they know they've gotten underneath my skin a little bit with something like teasing me back, they'll start saying no respect, no respect, and they'll start mocking me with all the other Andyisms that I've kind of placed in their heart and their mind, and and I hope that they'll forget those one day or outgrow them. But you know, I am probably a reflection of my father in many ways. Kristen's like, yeah, uh huh, and uh, so maybe the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. But um, here's the thing, um, as a teenager, and, and I've got to confess this because we've all been teenagers. I've been a teenager. And that is that, you know, as a teenager, um, we can call into question the wisdom of our parents sometimes, right? Sometimes they don't seem so smart as, as teenagers. But, but I've got this thing I want to share with you teens here. That there's a reality check for you, and that's this, that your parents know more than you think. And as you grow older, you realize they're not as dumb as you thought, can I get an amen to that? Those of us that are grown parents and looking at our generation before us, uh, that's the reality of parenting. And um, so let's look at Jesus. Let's look at what Jesus had to say about and, and how he modeled the significance of the relationship between a parent and child because Jesus certainly lived this. And, and, and he modeled what it means to honor one's mother and one father. And, and I want to pause for a moment because this is pretty awesome when you look at this word. This is not an extrapolated word, but, but in the Hebrew, it is honor father and mother. It is spelled out in the Hebrew. You know, a lot of times where it says brothers in the New Testament, we have extrapolated to say brothers and sisters, so that we're representing everyone. But God, distinctly, in giving the commandments, was already undoing the unwinding of a patriarchal society and everything that was going on post the fall from Garden of Eden and the equality to say, honor your father and your mother. Give an equal footing to the parents, the husband and wife, the mom and the dad. And I think that's pretty cool to, to know. And Jesus did this. I don't know if you remember, but you know that epic parent fail. You know, that, that, that thing that all of us as parents uh, hope that we never do, but perhaps at one point or another we're not where we've lost our child. Y'all remember that, right? You know, you remember that moment in your own life. And, 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 and Mary and Joseph had that er- epic parent fail when they lost not just Jesus, but the Son of God, right? And, and they frantically run back, paranoid back to Jerusalem, looking for him all over town. And they find him in the temple, and, and he says, well, why were you looking for him? Wouldn't you know that I was in my father's house? Talking about his heavenly father. But get this, Luke picks up on his faithfulness, his honoring of his earthly parents when he says this in, in Luke two fifty one and 52. He says, he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. You fast forward, though, in the life of Christ, and he knew the significance, the importance of connectedness. He knew the importance of parents having a connection with children, especially aging parents 
and the ability for a child to take care of him. Because what is one of the, the, the words we hear from the cross of Christ as he's giving his life for us is he looks to his own mother Mary and he says, Mary, this is your son, looking to the beloved disciple John and looking to John and saying, now this is your mother. He, he knew the importance of having that connection and having that relationship together. They were not biologically related, but he knew the importance of having a mother figure in John's life and vice versa for Mary. You see, here's the thing, that, that, that while Jesus reinforced the significance and the importance of an earthly relationship between a parent and a child, he always couched that in the greater relationship, the higher relationship, the eternal relationship we can have with God our Father, our Creator. And, and even if you haven't had that kind of love or deserving love from your earthly parents, you can find it in your Heavenly Father. And, and Jesus constantly put the relationships in check with his relationship with his Heavenly Father being the priority. We, we find this in passages like Luke 8 and, and in verse 21. Mary's come and, and some of his family's come and they're looking for him and he's surrounded by a crowd of people and, and he says this, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put them into practice. Putting, putting it in perspective that the heavenly family was the priority and, and, and that hopefully the earthly family would align in that. You know, we, we find that his ultimate faithfulness was to God's will and not that of his earthly family. And we find the greatest evidence of this in the prayer in the garden, don't we? Where, where he's praying to God, Father, take this from me, knowing what's coming, knowing the betrayal, knowing he's going to be beaten, knowing that he's going to be lied and cheated on. He prays this prayer, but he says, but not my will, but your will be done. You see, Jesus honored not only his earthly parents, but he honored his heavenly father. And he calls us and he invites us. And we find it in this word that we're called to do the same. And so we hear God's word. And I think it's fair to say all of us here want to honor God's word. But what does it look like to honor our parents? Does that mean to obey them? Does it mean to do what they say? You know, there's that saying, do what I say, don't want, not as I do, right? You know, some parents are worthy of that. My parents, I can give a shout out to my parents. They were listening in at the early hour. I can, I can give a shout out. They were worthy of that kind of honor. And it's something that Kristen and I aspire for in our own raising of our own daughters, our precious daughters, that we would be worthy of that kind of of honor, and perhaps some of y'all feel the same way this morning, but what about those among us that did, didn't have that growing up, that had quite a different experience or, or facing a challenging season with their parents right here and right now, and the idea of honor is unclear, if not hard, to come by. Let me give you some examples. Like, take, for instance, some of you are walking with aging parents right now. Maybe their vision, maybe their mobility, maybe their balance, maybe their memory is not what it once was. And there's some hard decisions to make, right? Some hard, difficult decisions to make. And, and, and in that, there is the, the facing, having to, to take away, if you will, things like the, the keys to the car, if you will. And in that, there's strife and there's strain in between the relationship between a parent and an adult child. Because what you're asking of them is life-changing. Emotions can run high. 
The strain can be hard. So what does it look like to honor? What does it look like to honor as a grown kid, to honor your aging parents in a season like that? Now, for others of us, it's not aging parents, but rather the hurt that we've endured because we've been abused or abandoned by the very people that should have been there to protect us, that should have been there to love us. And they weren't. They chose not to. Sean Gladding has a character in his book, Jenny. And, you know, we're six weeks into this series, and they're six weeks into their coffee shop conversations on these words. And, and through streams of tears in her eyes, we read in the pages of this chapter her giving voice to the reality that she was sexually abused by her father. And her mother stood by and did absolutely nothing. And as heartbreaking as it is to read of that, the more heartbreaking thing for me is to know that there are those within my voice. You've lived that. That is a reality. That is not a fictional story. That is the truth of the matter of what you've experienced. How do you honor parents like that when they have egregiously dishonored you? And still others of us, it's not sexual abuse, but it's verbal abuse, passive-aggressive behavior. It's, it's the, the snide remarks in a text or an email or a phone call that you get or the in-person conversations, not just private ones, but maybe in a public family gathering where you're called out and talked down to. Or, or even as we do today, you know where we take our dirty laundry, right? Where do we take it? Facebook, Instagram, social media, right? And maybe you've been shamed by a parent or berated by them in a public way and made a spectacle of them. And all of these circumstances require uh, establishing of boundaries because they've become necessary. So how does it, how do you live out honor? What does it look like to honor parents and maintain healthy boundaries that are necessary? Because see, here's the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is that some parents have made unthinkable mistakes and they've brought dishonor to entire family lines and it can become a cascading generational sense of brokenness where the brokenness the unresolved hurt in their own life is what they've projected onto you and if you're not careful it can be projected from you onto your children and your grandchildren and on down the line honor your parents how do we do that how do we walk that out when we've been dishonored How do we give honor when there has been dishonor coming our way? How do we turn the other cheek? How do we exchange good? We give good in place of bad. We find it in Christ, what he modeled and what he taught. So I just want to pause for a moment. And parents, I want to to call you out this morning. Hear me. And I'm talking to myself because I'm a parent. So I can say this. This command is not a license to abuse your children in any way, shape, or form. You know, Paul 
got this because he expounded on this commandment because he went in 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 Ephesians 6, what we just read just a moment ago, and he went right after it with these words from Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not exacerbate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And I love the way that Sean Gladding kind of put a fine point on this. If you look in the chapter that is on this in his book, in the 10, and he writes this. He says, truth be told, parents, if you keep angering or frustrating or abusing your children, one day they will give up honoring you. And then who will take care of you? Who will take care of you? My parents, they, they, they kind of figure this out. They need a reminder. You know, they're in that place where they need a reminder. And, and there's a sign that they have at their house. And I want to put it on the screen. And maybe this sums it up to parents. Be nice to your children. They may someday choose your nursing home. Right? Maybe that's the message to us parents today. Is be nice! Because they might choose where you live next. And watch out. But here's the point that I want to drive home. The point is, is God is not calling us to honor the dishonorable acts of our parents, but the position they hold. Let me say that again. God is not calling us to honor the dishonorable acts of our parents, but the position they hold. Because without them, none of us would be here. You see, each and every one of us is here because of our parents. And I'm here today to tell you That your heavenly Father loves you. He sees you. He knows you by name. You are worthy. And you have a gift to offer this world. That is why you are still here. Praise be to God. And I can thank God for your parents, even though I don't agree with what they've done to some of you, because of you, because of who you are, because of what you can offer to this world, because of the blessing that God wants to bestow upon others through you. And for that, I'm thankful. For that, I'm thankful. Which leads me back to this question. How do we honor our parents? Especially in the seasons and the situations that we find ourselves in, in which maybe they've not honored us in any way, shape, or form. How do we do that? Well, maybe we start by asking a little different question, and that's this. What if honoring our parents has less to do about them and more to do about us? Let's sit with you for a minute. What if honoring our parents has less to do about them and more to do about us? What if it's about us, our honor, and ultimately bringing honor to God? Because what does this commandment say? It says when we honor our parents, they may get the honor, but guess what? We get the what? The blessing. This is the commandment. This is the only commandment that comes with a blessing. And the blessing is not for our parents. The blessing is for us, children. Listen to what commandment says and i want to read the deuteronomy version honor your father and mother as the lord your god has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well in the land of the lord your god is giving you that's deuteronomy five sixteen. you see god's call to honor our parents is tied to a blessing he desires to bestow upon each and every one of us and in giving this command, God's trying to foster the kind of community that I think we all would desire to have, even if we're not living it right here and right now. One in which parents nurture and are present 
and love, and love in an unconditional way, the way that God loves us. And later in life, our kids get to pick our nursing home. Better yet, maybe bring us into their own home because of the love and the support and the capacity that we can have for them. So that might go well for us and the generations after us. That's why he gave his commands. And just like the others, it's hard to live into, but it's what he aspires for us to embrace. So for those of you that have been abused by your parents, know this. Know this. Honoring one's parents is not about honoring their actions. God will deal with their actions and their choices. Just like God would deal with each and every one of us for our actions and our words, too. I offer you this. For those of you that that's your, that's your life, that's your reality, first thing is this seek christian counseling and and set boundaries you see boundaries are helpful and at times they're necessary boundaries are a way in which you can honor your parents by protecting not only yourself but protecting them from themselves protecting them from the ability to continue to repeatedly harm you i love the way that sean gliding draws attention to this and puts a parallel in there because when you think about World War II, and you think about the Jews that were being hidden and protected from the Nazi army. You see, they were honoring the life of the Jews by hiding them. And they were protecting and honoring the Nazi by protecting them from themselves because what they wanted to do was take the life of the Jews. They protected them from themselves. And that's what boundaries do. And you can honor your parents while establishing boundaries. In fact, in many ways, that might be the one way you can honor your parents is to keep them from repeated harm. And the second thing is this. Turn your abuse into compassion. Turn your abuse into compassion. Y'all know I love Romans. Our small group has finally moved past Romans. It's taken us a while. But Romans 8, God writes, God works all things for the good of those who love him. Well, one of the ways he does that is he redeems, he restores, he renews. He gives new opportunities to us. He can take your brokenness and allow it to become a blessedness to others. If you allow your hurt to be converted into compassion. You see, in turning your abuse into compassion, you're honoring the life they gave you without, hear me, without honoring what they have done to you could it be that that's maybe the way that you honor your parents turn that abuse into compassion look at all the ways in which you can change the trajectory of other people's lives because of the way that you choose to live and love differently than the way that you were raised you can impact the next generation and the generation after in mighty and powerful ways And then for those of us, those of you that are dealing with parents that are in need of intervention because they're entering into a different season of life, I want to offer you this. I want to challenge you. Have you considered walking in their shoes for a moment? You know, asking them to give up the driving, for instance, is more, has more to do than just taking away the keys, right? Because what you're asking them is to take away the freedom. And in that, there is a mind game going on for them of what would it look like on the other end of no longer being able to be independent and drive myself and to be reliant 
on other people. You see, those parents that are in that season, those of us that are walking with them, they need to know and they need our care. But they need to know that we care about the deeper things and the impact and the ripple effect that comes with the changing of seasons in their own life and how they interact in this world and the decisions that need to be made. And to all of us here, to all of us here, we are all kids, right? We are all a child of someone. Let me offer you this. Kids, don't give up on your parents. Don't give up on your parents. Parents, don't give up on your kids. Because here's the thing, God, God's not a giving up God. God comes after us. God can change the trajectory of your life and your relationships. He doesn't give up on us. The proof of that is found at the cross of Christ in which he gave his life so that we might have life and might be restored in our relationship with him. And so with that in mind, let me leave you with these parting thoughts on how we might honor this word and honor our elders respect our elders that is and i'm not talking about teenagers like my daughter putting that on her windshield i'm talking about those in this season of life uh, the golden years if you will you know as a community of faith as a church i ask you this what might we further do in order to respect the seniors among us how, how might we advance our ability to show honor and to revere those with tremendous wisdom in our midst, that have lived and seen things that we have yet to see or live, and perhaps we don't want to, but we can glean from. What does that look like? Could it be that part of our making room is walking down the street half a mile and adopting the nursing home right down the street from us? Two blocks. We're at Woodstock Nursing Home. Could it be that there is a homebound individual in your neighborhood that your small group might be able to surround and go visit because family's too far away and too frequently visiting and they're lonely. What might it look like as a community of faith to honor those that are in senior years of their life, those that are parents and grandparents? And secondly, as individuals, and this goes for both parents and kids, so this goes for all of us here too, allow me to offer this. First, I want to challenge us to thank them, to thank them. You may not be thankful for what they did to you, and absolutely right, you don't need to be thankful for some of the things that have been said to you or done to you. They're not deserving of being thanked for that. They can be thanked for what God's going to do in you and through you, what he's already doing in you, and for the gift of life that they've given you. Second is bless them. Maybe it's just a prayer or blessing, asking God to bless them you know, even the enemies, Jesus says, to heap love over them, not coals, right? Offer a blessing on their life. Would you be willing to bless them? And the third is this, and this is a hard one. I acknowledge this, but I'm going to put it out there because I think we need to hear this today. Would you consider forgiving them? Would you consider forgiving them? And in forgiving them, I want you to hear me this morning. 
Because forgiving them does not mean excusing or condoning the sinful actions and words that they have done to you or said to you. Forgiving them does not mean forgetting what has happened. Forgetting does not mean erasing the boundaries that are necessary in order to have a stable life going forward. And forgiving does not mean erasing the past. But what forgiving does mean is freeing you for the future that God has for you and desires for you. So would you consider forgiving them? Parents to children that have hurt you and children to the parents that have harmed you. This is why Christ came. It's what Christ comes to offer each and every one of us. It's what Christ did in honoring his heavenly father and giving his life for not only you and me, but doing it for your parents and my parents, our grandparents. Reconciling us to our heavenly father, teaching us what unconditional love is to look like. And the blessing that Christ wants to offer to us is also what he wants to do through us. Beginning with those at home. Our own families. And in radiating outwards into every relationship we have. And I'll be honest with you. I think you would agree with this. We can't do this on our own. Many of us have tried. Can I get an amen to that? We can only do this. Relying upon Christ. And what Christ can do and has done for us. And wants to do through us. And that's why today we're coming to the table. His table. <laughs> we're reminded of his grace, and of his mercy, and of his forgiveness, not just for us, but for all. We need to be reminded today. Maybe we even need to receive again today his grace for our life. And to take up into ourselves the body and blood of Christ who knew what it was like to honor his heavenly father. And to be in a beautiful relationship with him. That's what I believe he would have for us today. As we wrestle with a difficult word. Honoring our parents. May it be so on his strength. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me this morning? Almighty God, I thank you. That. You don't have us steer around the hard words as much as we would want to run and hide. You pursue. You desire to bless. You desire to redeem. You desire to restore. You desire to forgive. You desire to remind us that you see us, that you know us, that you love us in ways that perhaps even our earthly parents could not or would not. And so God, I thank you today for that reminder. And God, I pray a, I pray a blessing upon those within the sound of my voice that are struggling this morning because of being estranged or strained or living out of a horrific upbringing. One that brings nightmares to mind. God, would you bestow your grace and your comfort and your peace here and now upon the hearts and minds of each and every person within the sound of my voice that's experiencing that. God, may they hear your still, quiet voice say that you love them. 
that you are with them and that you are for them. God, like all the words before this, God, may we seek to see the higher purpose in you giving these words because they are words of life, not death. They are words of blessing, not curses. They are words that allow us to see what the covenant of being in communion with you and with one another can truly look like if we would yield to you. And allow the work of your Holy Spirit to move in us. So Holy Spirit, come in this moment. Move in and around us. Dislodge those things that we need to let go of so that we might be open to receive anew your freedom and your forgiveness. So we might come and feast at this table, all of us, and not resist what you want to bless us with. I ask this in the high, in the mighty, in the precious name of Jesus Christ our Lord. And the church said, Amen. Amen.